Welcome to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil, the official Monster Jam podcast. I'm Scott Jordan, and my guests this week have been the talk of the sport for quite some time. They are doing some amazing things down in Delaware. So right now, let's go to the Great Clips hotline to the metal shop and welcome in Rick and Ryan Disharoon. Gentlemen, welcome to Inside Monster Jam. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having us. Great to see you guys. I know you you're, you got some busy things going on there, so uh, let's get right to it. First, let's go back to uh, the the origins here. You can't talk Rick Disharoon without talking backdraft. So, Rick, talk about the origins of that truck and how you got started in Monster Jam. Uh, I started in 1997 with an idea that I'd like to have my own monster truck. I just I was always fascinated when I was a child, and uh, I came up with a truck backdraft, and it was a, a Patrick chassis. And then I supplied the rest of the components, and the rest was history. We started running this back draft, and I ran from uh, 1998 is when I actually got the truck finished and put together, and I ran it all the way to 2006. Did you think at the time that truck would remain as wildly as popular as it is? I mean, on message boards, on social media, fans are always clamoring for backdraft, always talking about how special that truck is and how much it meant to them watching the sport and becoming a fan. Yeah, I, I tell you, the... Um, the backdraft truck was really special to me. Um, it, it, in its time, it was ahead of its it was ahead of its game. Like I would say that it was probably one of the fastest trucks in the series on the independent level. Um, Monster Jam. I was very fortunate to come in and work for those guys, USHRA, and uh, I started running in the Pontiac Silverdome, one of my very first shows, and I got to meet a lot of my mentors. Me, I met them, but I ended up beating them. I went to the semifinals. I'll still for, never forget my first race. Um, the backdraft was. Uh, was a hot rod fire truck, and I kind of wanted that truck to represent uh, all heroes everywhere at the time. Um, but it was a it was a hot rod fire truck, and uh, then I put a big old motor in it. And we had myself a big old Donovan five fifty seven in that, and it was ahead of its time. Um, the closest thing to Rumblebee at the time would probably have been Randy Brown with his pure adrenaline with his Fontana Hemi. But um, yeah, the, the popularity of backdraft was very good. And I don't think it was just the truck itself. I think it was the concept behind it, and um, and also I will be honest with you, man. I'm, I I try to be just like everybody else. I want to be friendly. I want to have. I love my fans. That's probably the biggest thing. I love children and fans. But when my face shield dropped, the bullcrap stopped. That truck was fast, and I ran it for all she had. Ryan, obviously you grew up uh, in, in the business with your dad driving. So what was it like as a kid having your dad as this famous monster truck driver? I don't know, man. It never, uh, never hit me, honestly, for the longest time. I just thought it was pretty normal to have a dad that drove a monster truck, to be honest. I, uh, I knew it was cool. Uh, I didn't realize how cool he actually was. He was actually a super cool dude. And uh, just to, to be a pioneer of, of doing his own thing and wanting to follow his dream has kind of always been something that stuck with me throughout my life, too. And, uh, but going back to that, I mean, I just kind of was like, Hey, this is normal, you know, and all my friends are just, their dads have monster trucks too, you know, so it was super, super normal. But uh, I don't know, man, it was a cool lifestyle. I was actually homeschooled from uh, third grade all the way till sixth grade, and I just stayed on the road, like a, almost like a circus, man. We, we traveled all around the United States, and uh, I saw a lot of cool stuff. I met a lot of cool people. Um, when it ended in 2005, I went back to being a normal kid. Dad sold back drafts, and uh, then I had a hankering to get back into motorsports. So I didn't realize what I was missing having a dad with a monster truck. 
You know, I, I grew up in Maryland. I don't remember any of my friends' dads having monster trucks, so I don't <laughs> know if it was just a teleport thing or what. Um, so you said once he sold it, you had a hankering to to get your own thing. But what what were you doing? Uh, for were you working for your dad at all with Backdraft while you oh, were traveling yeah. around with him, or were you? Yeah. So basically, he built the truck pretty much. I mean, a hundred percent on his own with a lot of help from his friends and uh, just people he met throughout the industry of monster trucks who were just like, "Hey, man, this guy's serious. He wants to do it." So he had a lot of people helping him. Uh, a lot of big names that are out there today. Um, but I tell you what, when I got about I don't know about eight years old to nine years old, I started to get more like hands on, you know, wanting to understand. And I had a couple of guys that worked for us at a time that were like, "Hey, man, get in there and take the tires off." And, wear these headphones or whatever. And we had old corded impacts and stuff. And I kind of learned just taking the tires on and off. By the time I was 12 years old, I would actually be able to change a whole third member or a differential. And uh, that was kind of cool to be able to say I could do that. But it was never like, I don't know. I just wanted to impress my dad. You know, honestly, at the end of the day, that's all it really was. I just wanted to get his approval. Like, hey, man, I got a cool son. You know, he works hard. And uh, it just evolved from that. I just kept working with him. And he taught me a ton of stuff. Uh, that led on to my fabrication career. And uh, I don't know, it's all it's all just a, a pathway that took me to where I'm at. So it's it's awesome. It's humbling, really, honestly, when you look back at the past. And so you were changing monster truck tires at eight years old. I couldn't even change a tire on my bike at eight years old. So that's, <laughs> yeah, I would have I would have been proud of you, too. All right, guys, coming up next on Inside Monster Jam, we're going to talk about the birth of the metal shop. Stay right where you are. More with Ryan and Rick is coming up next. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. This week, I'm joined on the Great Clips Hotline by Ryan and Rick Disharoon as we talk all things the metal shop. So we talked about the origins of Backdraft and, Ryan, your involvement in there. Now let's move on to the development of the shop. At which point in time in your career, Rick, did you start realizing that maybe you could do something bigger than just drive a truck and maybe put something like the metal shop together? I'll be honest with you. Um, the metal shop has been a lifetime dream of mine. To, to have a fabrication service that we could do things. But to answer your question exactly, um, 2005-ish, 2006, I started putting a, putting a plan together to do something like this. And, we, you know, we built some mud bulb chassis, and I kind of repaired my backdraft truck and kept going. And I, I saw that there were some innovations that I, that I felt were necessary in some of the chassis work that we did. I wanted to, to have things that were more personally ours, something that I could say that, that we built. Um, and so by the year 2007, I was able to get my first vendor, do my, get my own first equipment myself. And of course, Ryan was still a young boy at the time and he never left my side. Just like monster trucks, Ryan stayed right by my side. At 12 years old, I taught him to weld. He was, he was getting very proficient. Um, and, and I know that may sound crazy to some people. Some people say, yeah, come on, 12 year old, uh, it's for real, man. This kid has a real passion. He's very, very intent on what he does. And I could not have a better partner in the world than my son to be by my side every day. Um, when I started, it was just me. And he would go to school and he would come in and help me in the afternoons. And then it went from that to a little bit bigger situation where he started bringing his friends in from school when they got 15 and 16. And they would help me a little bit in the shop. And then we started doing different type of fabrication work. We were doing conveyor systems, which he brought a lot of that to the table. All of that, honestly. Where I kept going to mechanicals of monsters. Um, mega trucks, that type of thing. Also commercial uh, tractor trailer work, that was kind of my specialty. But it all ties into the same thing, you know, to be to be an industry that only has a couple builders in it, and we wanted to bring something different to the table. And that's where 
Uh, I would have to say experience in a game working with Dennis Anderson for many, many years. We're very close. Um, working with different people like uh, Gary Porter, people that, that innovated their own trucks. Uh, we took a lot of the ideas that we saw there, put our own with it. Um, along with Dan Patrick, he has great ideas and great chassis. But we came up with something different, and it's been an evolution that Brian has taken our company through on the monster truck side of this industry. And I will be honest with you, and I'm, this is not to be like say that we're the best, but I will tell you right now, we're a force to be reckoned with when it comes to that, and it's all because of the man sitting to my right side. I think uh, you know everybody clamors to be the best. I think your reputation, your reputation around the industry uh, is top notch. So you guys have done some amazing work there. And Ryan, uh, your dad mentioned that after school you bring your friends over to go to work. Was that like the cool thing to do? Was to come over and uh, and do some fabrication work at your dad's shop? Was that what everybody wanted it to, oh, to get yeah, done? Man. Well, I had a when I was in school, I had a lifted up Jeep, and uh, everybody always thought it was cool. You know, like I did all the work myself on it and stuff. And I think they were kind of interested, and they wanted to get into doing the same kind of thing you know I, I was kind of like well just come out of shop and i'll show you guys how to do it and uh a couple of my really good friends from school actually came there enough that they were on the payroll and it was like all right man well you guys are going to work for the metal shop now because you guys are getting pretty decent and uh, they had a passion for it also they learned a lot they brought a lot to the table um number one they were cheap labor you know i mean we had a company <laughs> that was growing you know yeah. we weren't like able to pay top wages but I had these kids that were the same age as me that wanted to learn, they had great attitudes. And uh, honestly, it was, it was four of my, my best friends, and they all came to work for us. They did a great job. They worked with us for many years. One of them stayed with us for 10 years, actually, and he ended up being like a, one of the biggest uh, foremans that we had. And, uh, of course, he you know had kids, and we traveled a lot, so he had to leave. But uh, that was just our thing, man. That's, honestly, we grew our company on – on that, you know, believe it or not. And, uh, my dad was like the, the big, the big dad of everybody. He's like Papa Rick, you know? So we all were, were like, he was our boss, but it was also kind of like a father figure, which was, I think was really cool. Them guys all had great dads, but, uh, to have a dad, like to have a, a figure in, you know, older that was into the four wheel drives and into the off road scene was kind of cool for those guys too. And uh, of course they like making money as we, as our company grew, we were able to pay them really well. And, uh, we were able to, you know, I don't know, just build a company based on like really good qualities and really good morals and like good ethics. You know, all of our people, you know, they were young guys, but they were all super respectful. And, uh, and then we got a lot of big customers that way, believe it or not. So Ryan, real quick, what was, what, you know, you wanted to make your dad proud and, 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 and be a part of this. Was there ever any other option for you or just whatever he was going to do, you were going to do as well? <laughs> No, man, to be honest with you, um, I stuck with him from 2007 until 2009. And when I graduated, I, I kind of went to him and I was like, hey, man, you know, all my buddies are going to, you know, Wyotech and uh, a couple of them are just going to community colleges. And I was like, our, our company was doing good, but it, it was honestly not doing that good. You know, it was we were making ends meet and that was about it. And uh, I told him, I said, man, I'm, I'm be honest with you. I think maybe I should go to college. I said, I'll work with you during the day or during night. However, I got to make it work. I want to go to college so I can I can get a career for myself. And he, he looked at me and he said, well, I'll tell you this, buddy. He said, we're going to make it. He said, stick with me, and I promise you that you won't need that college. And I said, dude, I don't know. It don't, it don't feel right. And he just assured me. He was like, no. He's like, what do you got to lose? He said, you know, basically stay with me for a couple of years, see if we can get this thing to launch. And if it doesn't, then revert back to your plan and you know, go to school and do what you got to do. And, uh, I mean, everybody, you know, inevitably it worked. You know, obviously I'm, I'm still here. I never went to school. 
Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. I just had a really good opportunity to to learn a trade, you know, and I just took it to my advantage. I think it paid off really well for you. Coming up yeah. next, we are going to talk about all the cool things going on right now at the Metal Shop. Stay right where you are. We'll be back with more Inside Monster Jam powered by Lucas Oil. We are back with more Inside Monster Jam powered by Lucas Oil. I'm Scott Jordan. I'm joined this week on the Great Clips Hotline by Ryan and Rick Disharoon. We're talking about all the cool things going on at the metal shop. Now, about a month ago, I, I saw a, a sneak peek at what happens in the metal shop. Man, I, I didn't realize how how cool, how much cool projects that you guys do there. You know, first being, you know, naive when I broke into the sport, I saw the metal shop. I thought you guys just built trucks there, but obviously that's where you started. It's, it's a whole lot more, man. So talk a little bit about the the development of, of the metal shop and, and what you guys have been able to accomplish there. Well, I'll tell you, we've had some really big jumps this year on, on different things that we do. Um, we've added tiki boats to our, to our forum where we build a, a custom tiki boot and uh, we're really excited about that and with different things we brought to the table beyond monster trucks this year we were approached by hbo to do a television show called righteous gemstones and we got to become really good friends with danny mcbride um danny's a super great man um and he went ahead and has a company called rough house and between them and a company uh run by uh, mark herwick and that's called range and they brought us together and we did a television show called metal monsters and uh, that's an incredible TV show. It shows a lot of the workings, the inner happenings in the metal shop. And the cool thing was, it was actually uh, one of our trucks was able to be in all those shows. And I was really excited about that. It was kind of tough to work around our monster jam schedule to do that. Uh, we were running trucks all over the place to make it happen. But um, we're really excited about that. And basically, I mean, in the daily workings of our shop too, like a lot of people don't realize that we build anything, you know, stuff comes through our door and that's kind of what led us to the Redeemer, you know? Um, Cause we, there's a lot more to it than a monster truck. We did all the, the, the props and the stunts for that, but we build something that anything people come in with it. Just right now we got a detail van that we're working on and we've got a, uh, what else are we working on right now? We're doing a tractor trailer. We're, we're taking a box truck body off of a tractor trailer uh, off of a 10 wheeler, turning it into a, a manure spreader truck with so, a dump body. So we yeah. can do anything. Needless to say, I mean, monster trucks are cool. You know, everybody knows that's awesome and the chassis are sweet, but there is not the money to be made into that to feed a company our size. So we have a lot more going on. We actually have a full speed shop, which is a retail store where you can come in and you can buy all your parts for your speed shop. It's the biggest speed shop actually on the Eastern Seaboard. And we have an automotive shop where we have a machine shop and we build drive shafts and we build full race cars or other, you know, full turnkey vehicles for people. I mean, we're very versed in everything that we do. We have 25 employees. Every single person's busy every minute. And if they're not busy, they find something to work on. You know, one of the things when we started this company was I had to come up with something to keep us all busy all the time. So we became very diversified to have many different businesses in one business. It's all under the metal shop. But because of that, we were able to keep growing and the more that you can grow and make the dollar bill and make things happen, the more you can add technology. And that's where we're stepping up our game against a lot of other people in the same business. Is that because we're able to, to move a lot more different products and keep our, our dollar bill to a certain level so we can have monetary enforcement, we're able to increase our technology, to increase our capacity, and to gain knowledge to, to bring something to the sport that is not only cool, but extremely safe 
and ergonomically to work on for the people that have these trucks so the mechanics can work on them better so they can have an easier job to do and also so the drivers are more safe and the spectators that are watching. And you mentioned that you, you built mud trucks before. You have a relationship with Dennis Anderson. Uh, you guys built King Sling for him, correct? Yes, we, we built a, a mega truck. We built King Sling, the mega truck, the new one. And we also built the King Sling uh, ride truck for Dennis Anderson. And Ryan, you you run the day-to-day operations there? Or Rick, is that something you both share? We uh, we share it, to be honest with you. And we do it in different ways. Um, so I am kind of in charge of all design work and all basically fabrication projects. Um, but dad is inevitably the face of the metal shop. When you see him, you think, oh, there's the metal shop, you know? So he runs all of the quoting, all of the getting the jobs, you know, acquiring the work. And he also oversees everything that goes on here. This is broken down into more divisions and we had to do it. He had too much on him, man, to be honest with you, um, that we had to be diversified. And um, I actually have two guys that work under me that are uh, foremans in our fab shop and they do day-to-day projects. So I'll go over what I, what I want and they're becoming designers of their own also. But then in our retail shop, uh, in our, our store, in our office is Jacqueline and Sherry, which is Sherry's uh, my dad's wife and Jacqueline's my sister. And they run the whole front store. And then our automotive shops run by Brandon. And basically each job is given and there's a lot of trust to get into because when you're given a job, it's got to be right. It's got to be quality and it's got to come out right. And him and I look at every job that comes out of the shop and make sure it's got our stamp of approval on it. I'm very fortunate to have such great people surrounding me because I could not do this by myself. I started it, but I've grown a monster that takes a lot to feed it. And, um, you know, one of the big things we're working on right now that Ryan and Brandon are doing is Monster Jam is requiring us to come along with a fuel injection system that's electronic, you know, so we can we can have uh, a better ratings on the, um, the O2, to, you know, the the uh, gas and they were burning different things like that. Um, but what I wanted to tell you was is they just came back from fuel tech and Ryan and, and Brandon together designing a system for our trucks. that are going to take us a step above, I believe in, in where we're all at in fuel injection right now. Well, you, you talk about projects for Ryan. We got about a minute left here, but I do want to get the shaker. One of those projects was building yourself a new shaker truck, which uh, you, you really this year have come on as a force to be reckoned with in every competition, man. So what, what changes did you make in your newest shaker truck that were uh, different from your last one? Yeah, man. Thank you for saying that. Um, I've, I've been striving to have the perfect truck and uh, it's, it's still coming a long way, but basically the truck is just lower to the ground, you know, just to simplify everything, the truck, everything about it is lower to the ground. Closer you can get to the ground, the less likely it is to flip over. It's all common sense, but it was just hard to implement the changes of making it so low and work, you know, nothing would collide like drive shafts won't collide into the base pan and stuff like that. But I tell you what, man, it actually worked. Like you said, it's, it's been a very good truck. And to be honest with you, it's not all the truck, man. I have been practicing like heck with driving. You know, we have a test course here at the shop. And I was tired of losing two-wheel skill. I was tired of losing racing. And I said, guys, I am going to beat this thing to the bloody pulp and learn how to drive. And I've come a long way as a driver, I think. I'm still far from the best, but I am wanting to beat the best, you know, pretty bad. Yeah, well, you can build all the trucks you want. You still got to have somebody to drive it, man. And you, uh, you've you literally elevated your game. When you brought that thing out the first week in round one, it was like, holy moly, man, look at this dude. He is, he is here. He's arrived. All right, coming up next, your fan questions for Rick and Ryan. That's next on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil.
Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. It's time for your fan questions. You can submit them each week by following me on Instagram at ScottJordanMJSX. Let's get right to it. A lot of questions on social media about airmail, so I'll pick this one coming from the Mega Ninja. He wants to know, is airmail coming to Monster Jam anytime soon? The plan is that airmail will come to Monster Jam. It will not run on a series. You know, more than likely, there is no openings. You know, that is a really tight book and a long list to get into. But Jordan Fisher, my crew chief, has always had a dream to have a monster truck. We built an airmail truck for him. It's been awesome. Obviously, there's questions, so people are very excited about the truck, just like we are. And he will be doing some arenas and stuff like that when, when called upon, probably a fill-in truck. But uh, he's going to get his opportunity. Uh, looking forward to that. So this one comes from MJRSOFFI. I'd butcher that pronounce if I had to, but it wants to know what inspired the making of Shaker Racing. So basically, the truck was originally a mud truck that I built with my dad when I was 15. Huge stepping stone in the, to where I'm at right now with fabrication and just racing in general. And uh, I, I raced that truck for a long time. Everyone loved it. It was an old M715 Kaiser, and it's kind of our staple truck we've always had as, as a family truck. And, uh, man, it just grew. It just grew and grew and grew into the monster truck that it is. All right, so Chaos to the Max has a question for you, Rick. He wants to know, how did it feel to return to the driver's seat last year in Smokin'? I'll be honest with you. It was a, it was a thrill. Um, I, I'm eat up with monster trucks i live sleep drink eat everything is monster trucks to get back in i felt like a kid again um but i will be honest with you when from the truck that i used to drive back grab which was really a really badass truck to step into a truck that ryan built it was like driving from an old beat up 55 pickup to getting into a, a lincoln town car or something i mean this thing rides like a dream <laughs> and it lands it does tricks so easy the truck makes you look better than you really are. I'm being honest with you because I was able to bring old school. I'm really, I'm pretty powerful as a racer, but I never really had to freestyle back when I was running like the boys do now. But it made it easier for me to even do tricks. I, I even did my first stoppy this summer at Hagerstown. And uh, it was pretty cool for me because I'm thinking, man, I'm 56 and still able to do some cool tricks. All right, guys, I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I will see you folks right here next time on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil.